Here's why a pure, high-quality CBD product is very important. A 2019 analysis set out to look at the largest set of test results for CBD products. And they found that not only a lot of the CBD companies are putting out potentially dangerous products out there, but the industry is rampant in false claims. It's believed that about 70% of the hemp oil here in the United States is coming from China that is not doing the proper third-party testing or putting out organic products. So in this analysis of these test results in the investigation, they look at 300 different contaminants in 240 different products. 70% were contaminated with heavy metals and glyphosate and many other pesticides, plus BPA, plus molding. You know I talk so much about the detrimental effect of these contaminants. A lot of these companies were not properly removing toxins and pesticides and herbicides. And you know how important this is to me if I'm taking enough product every single day. And we know that it affects the gut microbiome, the brain, the immune system. And they're adding in synthetic cannabinoids, increasing the weight and the potency, but putting in a bunch of crap. The processing is low grade, poor quality, extraction, manufacturing, storage, distribution. This can all add in more heavy metals like cadmium, lead, nickel, mold, bacteria. So it's important after production to check to see where we're at. Unregulated hemp products are doing much more harm than good. So this is why transparency is the key. And for Ned, they have a tab on their website that leads you to their certificate analysis. You can see their third-party testing. This is on the final CBD product, so we know it's free of contaminants, heavy metals, and consistently high quality. If you don't believe me, go check it out. Go to the website. Every single batch that you see is going to have a COA for it, and every single strain that is used will have a COA for it. It's incredible. Even the delivery system of the MCT oil that they use will have a COA for it. It's the most transparent company I've seen. That's a full spectrum CBD. It's grown organically from hemp plants in Colorado. Uh, I was really impressed with the process. They use slow, cold extraction under 40 degrees, and they use the hemp flowers, zero isolates, zero synthetic ingredients. I mean, you can check on the website and see for yourself. Full spectrum hemp means it contains all of the cannabinoids, not just CBD. So you're gonna get a wider range of benefits to our biological system. Some of them are sleep aid, especially for insomnia. In my experience, it's been best helpful for me as a sleep aid. Every single night I utilize it, every single night I've seen an increase and in better deep sleep and waking up more refreshed. Anti-inflammatory, pain reliever, may be supportive with anxiety and depression, rich in antioxidants. What about neurodegenerative, neuroinflammatory diseases, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, epilepsy could possibly be helpful for this too. CBD is wonderful because it hits different tissues, different organ systems in our body. It's amazing stuff. So here is the company give back that we have for the Heal Thyself listener. You're going to receive 15% off of your first purchase and 20% off of your first membership purchase. Memberships offer many perks, including 15% off of every single purchase. So go to helloned.com slash DRG and enter the code DRG at the checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash DRG, you're gonna get 15% off of your first one-time order and 20% off of your first subscription order plus free shipping. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining the show for another episode. Real excited today because every now and then, maybe this is our fourth one since we've had this show out in two years already, near approaching two years. Um, that went by pretty fast, actually, but Q&A segment. So every now and then I'll shoot out, uh, send me a question, and you know I'll answer it on the show. Tons of questions come in. What I do is I try to pick out the questions with 
the most generality, the one where most of us can learn something from it. There are very specific questions out there, and I'm sorry I can't answer those, but um, it's going to be, it's, it's always exciting because I feel like this is a real way to connect with the audience and show up for you all. So uh, very exciting Q&A segment today. That'll be the show. Um, what I will bring to the surface before we even get in there is something interesting. I, I don't know if you guys noticed this as the year started shifting towards the end of the year last year, is that life in many times is bringing us this like this bringing us these situations to put us in a place to do a lot of introspection. I think that in the beginning of this whole COVID thing, it sort of forced us to be alone. It forced us to look at ourselves. It's forcing us to stop going and going and doing and doing and sort of start into this place of being. So um, it's interesting in the past few months, I've just been really even more so in this state of being because I do feel, and you may maybe look, Maybe maybe people aren't sensitive to it. Maybe people are. But what I find is that there's a massive shift in the world. And many people are really putting themselves into really this deep introspective place. And I think, you know, we maybe shed some light on, on, on the state of the world. I think that this is on the other side of it is a lot of beauty and a lot of wisdom and a lot of power coming out of everyone. So I just wanted to bring that to light. Think about it. Think about if you have found that in the past year and calendar year, you've become more introspective and it's not a mistake if you have. Think about that. Okay. All right. Ready? Excited to get into this Q&A segment. All right. So without further ado, let's get to this Knowledge Bomb Q&A. Question number one, how do you improve air quality other than air purifiers and plants, which is a great question. I love environmental medicine. You know that. So uh, this is something that I really was one of the first ones I wanted to answer. So I, I tried to put a little comprehensive list together for you all, but here's my approach to it. All right. So you know how much I speak about indoor air quality. It can affect our overall health. According to the EPA, the levels of indoor air pollution can be two to five times higher than outdoor levels, but but can go up to a hundred times more than outdoor pollution. So we're under this belief that, oh no, like outdoor city life pollution indoors is cleaner air, not necessarily the same. Actually, for the most part, not true. And this is due for many different reasons, but mostly considering that about 40, 50% of homes have mold overgrowth could be due to mold, but also accompanied with volatile organic compounds. You heard me speak about these. These are just aromatic chemicals that off gas from cleaning supplies, cooking appliances like stovetops, Teflon pans, furniture, rugs, couches, beds. These are chemicals that go into the air and that we breathe in. So we know air purifiers help that to a large extent. Really, they do. And uh, plants do a really good job at doing it as well, to a lesser extent for sure than air purifiers. But coupled together, and I have them both in my home, they're really helpful. They're really effective. But what you're asking for is more tips. So for me, it's airflow. Airflow is very, very important. One of the main things I look when I'm renting a home or when I buy a home one day, is going to be, how does the airflow look? Or is there a lot of light coming in? One, are windows and doors situated such that there's a flow continuous? Why? Natural ventilation helps air quality. It improves air quality, okay? What else? Take off your shoes. Grandma had it right. Your shoes, your shoes, your shoes need to be off before you come into the home. Why? Bacteria, herbicides, pesticides, heavy metals are commonly tracked into the home when you wear shoes indoors for months, even after you vacuum. So really interesting, a University of Arizona study found over 400,000, 400,000 
different bacteria on the bottom of your shoe, mostly coming from feces. So it's said that between 30 to 40% of the indoor contaminants in your home are brought from outside. So what easier way than to just take off your left shoe, take off your right shoe, put it outside or put it in the front of your house and then walk in there socks barefoot, okay? Open the windows throughout the day, even in a cold day. I mentioned about the ventilation. That's a, that's a quick tip. Also change your air filters. If you have an air purifier, Think about changing air filters. You've got to be on it. Otherwise, you're just running something that is completely clogged up. It's like when you're in the drying machine trying to dry some clothes, they're still wet because you haven't emptied that filter. Well, also the same goes, especially if you have pets. Some air filters require you to change every three months. So think about that. Keep that in mind and take these tips into account because it'll be really helpful. Activated charcoal. What are the pros? What are the cons? So some of the pros of activated charcoal, you may have heard of this. It's a charcoal binder that people use. It adsorbs, adsorbs, meaning it binds toxins in the digestive tract. Um, it's a binder and it works very well. The same technology is used in those charcoal-based water filters like the Berkey, and they can be helpful at poisonous ingestion, especially if used within an hour. In medicine, we use this for gastric decontamination or emergency situations to treat poisonings followed, followed by oral ingestion, right? So certain medications or different poisons, activated charcoal within the hour can be very helpful. What are some of the cons? Well, it doesn't adsorb all of the toxins. Some are in different forms, so they're, they're not bound all the time, depends on the toxin. Uh, some of the toxins like strong acids or strong bases won't work. Methanol won't work. Um, it doesn't bind all heavy metals, it, do, it does some. Uh, so the binding capacity is so strong that also it can bind some nutrients. So you never wanna take it with food. So anytime you hear like there's an acai bowl with all these fruits and vegetables and it's charcoal, so it's black and it's great aesthetically because it's different, uh, you don't wanna eat that, right? Because it's gonna be binding those nutrients, okay? All right, question number three. How do I repair my gut biome after a lot of antibiotics? My gut is awful. Oh boy, well, this is definitely not the first time I heard this as a clinician, for sure. And we know antibiotics are a double-edged sword. They save lives, for sure they save them, but they can disrupt that delicate microbiome. And prolonged use of antibiotics can have long-lasting effects on long-term gut health. So they're not to be given out like candy the way they are. And this was echoed actually by a recent guest, Dr. Joel Gator, the pediatrician. He was talking about antibiotics given out like candy. Every time a kid has an earache, here, take an antibiotic. We're gonna protect our butt, right? In case it gets worse, we, we are, we're protected because we gave you the antibiotics, but we don't always need them. Actually, for the most part, we don't need them unless emergent situations are arising. So really, we have to think about the damage that it's causing as well. And I don't think they're taken into account as much as we should be in medicine. So the best way to repair it, the gut has a diversity of bacteria. So what you wanna do is diversify the gut before using antibiotics. And you do this with fibrous fruits, fibrous veggies, right? Different variety throughout the day. And if and when you take antibiotics, your gut's gonna be more resilient. So let's say you're not focused on this, right? And then you take the antibiotics and the gut is a mess all of a sudden. Well, one method we in naturopathic medicine and functional doctors like to use is the 4R method. That's the four-step process of helping heal the gut. The removal phase, very important. It's when a patient removes all of those common allergens, all of those processed foods, gluten, dairy, all the stuff that is affecting your digestive system and eating foods with low allergic potential, right? Some rice-based products, vegetables, fruit, some meats like fish and poultry if you eat those. And if you're suffering from chronic infections, also that needs to be addressed, especially in the mouth especially in the sinuses, especially in the intestinal tract, okay? And then also this is a point where we remove the tox toxic exposures that are gonna be 
disrupting your gut health. Then number two is we replace. So this is where we give the body what it needs to start helping digestion, right? So it might be stomach acid for some people, might be digestive enzymes for another people, might be liver, gallbladder, pancreatic support, but all of these need to be optimized for the third phase, which is the re-inoculate phase. The re-inoculate phase improves intestinal immune and function. This is really important because now you're re-inoculating good probiotics. So you, you want to give yourself well-researched probiotics. Lactobacillus is one. Uh, and, and we're going to go at three to five billion at least. Uh, again, this isn't my recommendation. This is just the dosages that I would use for my patients. You have to talk to your doctor first. Um, and what we see is we, we, we tell people not only these probiotics are going to be going in there, they're not going to be seeding and becoming permanent residents of your gut, but they're going to help give certain signals and like messengers who are passing by and help give certain signals so the community there is healthier. Also, we're gonna give prebiotic supplementation. So this is like arabinogalactins, inulin, those fibers that are helpful in giving your digestive system, giving your microbiome the food that it needs to be strong, to be growing, right? To keep uh, having little, to keep propagating, having more babies, right? Increasing that population of good bacteria such that it's controlling the population of any pathogenic bacteria. Repair phase, that's the last phase, is when the patient adds additional nutrients to help repair the gut, particularly the intestinal lining. You heard of leaky gut, right? This is the gut permeability that we see. Now, there are certain nutrients that are well known to be helpful. Ask your doctor about this, but some of them that I used to use in practice was L-glutamine, panathenic acid, zinc, omega-3s, vitamin E, uh, glycine amino acid. Um, Zach Bush has the amazing ion biome. What I used to do is put them together and help repair that gut. So usually a, a regimen like this takes about 12 weeks. And we're keeping a close eye on signs and symptoms and how they're manifesting throughout. But really, 12 weeks. Talk to your doctor. This might be an exact approach you need, especially if your gut is a mess after antibiotic. Are there different qualities in multivitamins that we look for? Yes. Well, this is a great, great, great question. A lot of people use multivitamins. A lot of people are not getting good multivitamins into their system. Remember, food first, supplements later. Supplements are supplements to food. But I will say that a lot of the retail multivitamins are one, using isolated molecules are not recognized by the body. Okay. Two, low absorption in the body. So therefore poor bioavailability in the blood. You're not really using it. Synthetically derived also from sewer sludge, coal tar, GMO soy, GMO corn, right? So you don't want your vitamins coming from those derivatives. You want clean, clean. The body wants clean. The body wants recognizable. The body wants synergistic, okay? So what do we look for in a multivitamin? First of all, you want to look at vitamin A in its beta carotene form. Vitamin B needs to meet or exceed or all RDA levels and contain the active forms of methylfolate and methylcobalamin. Vitamin C should be about two to five times higher than the RDA and also have all of the bioflavonoids that help with the synergism in the body because they all work together. Vitamin E should be a mixed, mixed tocopherol. Uh, you want to avoid DL tocopherol, synthetic. Vitamin D should be in cholecalciferol, not ergocalciferol. Magnesium should not be in the oxide form because it's not going to do anything. It's going to stay in your intestines unless you're constipated, and, that, and that'll help. But you want magnesium in the glycate or glycinate or citrate form, so it gets into the blood and it's utilized by the tissues. You don't want calcium and calcium carbonate form. This is a very unnatural form that goes in the body. In nature, we don't go around and eating eating seashells or or, or 
rocks, but that's where you're finding calcium carbonate. So avoid that form in your multivitamin. Really avoid iron. It shouldn't be in your multivitamin, especially particularly because it can hinder absorption of other nutrients. Your multivitamin should be, not be one a day. It should be about two to three a day spread out throughout the day, okay? Avoid allergens like dairy, corn, gluten, egg, peanut, soy, and avoid synthetic colorings like aspartame, dextrose, maltodextrin, sodium benzoate. And with that said, I did a whole show where I reviewed multivitamins and I brought in things like Centrum and I went into CVS's vitamins, Walgreens, Walmart, Costco, Target. These are vitamins. These are not where you buy your vitamins, okay? Better yet, you can look on, uh, Whole Foods has some better quality ones uh, out here in LA. We have Era One has good, some good quality ones. Pharmaca online has good quality ones, but really the best one is going to be where Dr. G put them all, Swellscore. That's, that's my company right there. I got to plug it, right? I believe in what I do. All right, so that's where you're going to find the best ones. Next question, is box water truly better than plastic bottle water? Um, okay, so you'll recall my episode that I did. It was episode number 82. It was the second part of the water show. And I spoke about, uh, and it went viral on PFAS, PFAS. These are forever chemicals that we find in bottled water. And they affect all our organs. They disrupt the hormones. They cause inflammation, immune dysfunction. They're connected to cancer. And we know one of the waters with the lowest PFAS was box water is better, right? Not the just water. Just water, they did have higher levels of PFAS. But box water is better. Now, this is a box water. So does that mean, hey, that's water we, me and my whole family should drink all the time. Well, with that said, there's always a reason why I still talk about having a home filter, using glass or stainless steel and filling it up instead of getting water, boxed water or bottled water. And here's why, because a lot of these box waters, they're not just boxed, they're lining with plastic on the inside. And you know, I've spoken ad nauseum about BPA and how it affects adults and children's alike, immune system, hormonal, endocrine disruption, right? Inflammation, it targets different, different parts of our body, right? Breast, prostate, uh, nervous system can affect the brains of children. So really the better choice is not drinking bottled water or boxed water and going really with a uh, stainless steel or glass water bottle and filling it up every day. I've done everything for acne, diet related and outside of diet, any tips that can help. Okay, yeah, for sure. So for acne, especially adult acne, you must, 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 must look at your hormones, but you need to see it on paper. Um, so this is what I tell everyone who has acne. You have to do your Dutch test. You have to do a Dutch test. Get with a naturopathy, get with a functional doctor who knows how to read one, who knows how to run it. And the practitioner will give you an in-depth look at the possible causes of your adult acne, right? Do you have high levels of testosterone? What about the breakdown products of testosterone? Do you have overactive enzymes? Do you have issues with estrogen metabolism, all right? So you also want to work with someone who can put you on a similar gut repair program that I spoke about before. Because remember, the gut-skin connection is very, very apparent in medicine. We see this clinically all the time. And pay attention to this. The order of the healing in the body varies. The body is very smart. The body cares last about your skin and more so about those really essential internal organs that are suffering, particularly, let's say, in the gut. If your gut's inflamed, your skin's going to suffer. But first, you need to heal the gut before the skin because the body cares about the gut before the skin. All right. Also, hydration. Make sure you're drinking enough water. You don't want to use antibacterials on your skin because that is affecting your skin biome. Think about environmental toxins. I talked about that before. They absolutely do have a disruption or a root cause in disrupting the hormones. Think about pillowcases, making sure you're cleaning them all the time, changing your pillows. You shouldn't be having them for more than a year, a year and a half. Stress relief techniques, for sure. We know stress increases cortisol. Cortisol 
uh, increases uh, sebum production. Sebum is eaten by bacteria. There you go. So really, we have to think about acne, not just on a skin approach, but a holistic approach. All right, I know you can detox the body, but specifically, how do you detox the brain? Okay, sleep. Sleep, 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 sleep. Sleep will always be the way to detox the brain. This is when it happens, when you're in deep sleep. What happens when you're sleeping is your brain or your body increases cerebral spinal fluid dramatically. So not only is it increasing, but it's flowing and it's clearing out the toxins that are inflaming the brain. So you want to be sure to get to bed at a reasonable hour and try getting to bed before 11, I would say, because it's important, not only because growth hormone is increasing, but also that's when you're peaking at cleaning all of that crap out in your brain. Brain detoxification, the number one, better than any supplement, better than any food is sleep. Are mammograms safe? Here's the thing about mammograms, and I've worked at a cancer hospital for two years, um, so I've seen thousands at this point. Uh, women do mammograms, go through mammograms. I've read many mammogram interpretations. You know, I went through it with patients. Mammograms use low doses of x-ray. It's a high-resolution x-ray, and we see internal structures of the breast, and it's really important at looking, early detection, looking at what may turn into a breast cancer. It's, it's, it's giving us a baseline that we can look at every single year. It uses low dose x-rays at 0.4 millisieverts, which is not that much. Uh, when we are living in the world, we're getting more just day to day or month to month. Um, one mammogram is not gonna kill you. The thing about this is this, women age 45 to 54 should get mammograms every single year. That's what, they, that's what the American Cancer Society says. Women 55 or older should switch mammograms to every two years or continued early screening or yearly screening. Here's the thing. There is a thing about exposure of the breast. Every single year from 45 to let's say 85, okay? Then we have to think about what is the cost benefit of consistent radiation over that period directly to the breast tissue. And it's certainly something to consider. This is absolutely not a question and a answer and my answer is saying don't get mammograms. But what I'm saying is to think, just to think and use a cost-benefit analysis to see if it's completely worth it and talk to your doctor about this. Do you have a family history of cancer? Well, then mammograms absolutely may be much more beneficial than the cost of low-dose radiation for 30 years. Uh, and also think about and talk to a local thermography clinic of someone who can, and this is not in replacement to a mammogram, it's actually in conjunction to it, but uh, thermographies are very sensitive. They can see they can see early, early detection of changes in vascularity and heat that are happening in the body, particularly in the breast. So you might want to consider doing that as well. It's going to be a really powerful tool that you can use also as a baseline. Are parasites there because the immune system is low or do they lower the immune system? This is a great question. Parasites definitely initially stimulate certain type of white blood cells. They're called eosinophils your immune system will actually stimulate upon infection. But the second part, I guess, is more true. The second part of the question is saying, do they lower the immune system? Because they do. Chronic, chronic infections cause chronic inflammation, which over time deplete the immune system. So you might see, on if you're, let's say you went to Peru and you got a tapeworm and you never addressed it, you might see your white blood cells going down, all of your white blood cells going down over the next few years, and then you're getting concurrent other infections, not only with parasitic digestive issues, but you're getting, you know, you're getting the flu every year much easier. You're getting strep throat much easier. You're getting skin issues, skin rashes. The thing about parasites is that, and I did a whole show on it, please go back and check. 
Um, the thing about parasites is they cause very generalized symptoms um, in, in, in addition to the gut symptoms that they cause. So um, you can test for parasites. It's in a poop test. They can test for the eggs too. So talk to your naturopathic or functional doctor to do a really sensitive test to get a better idea about what's going on. How do you improve circulation? Easy, easy one. Get your heart rate up. Your heart, basically circulation is modulated by the heart pump. The lymphatic circulation is regulated by the valves that are stimulated by movement. So sauna, walk, dance, that's going to move that lymphatic system. But the benefits of good, good circulation are so important. You're getting nutrients to the tissue. You're getting oxygenation to the tissue. You're removing toxins in the body. This is why one of the reasons why people say move every single day, 20 to 30 minutes, minimum seven days a week, okay? Get that blood flowing, get that flow pumping. And you know what? I could take that advice even better. Uh, I'm, I'm already pumped up, lack of, lack of better terms. I'm, I'm already inspired to get going just because of answering that question. Thank you, whoever dropped that question to me. Okay, so what is the deal with tofu? I'm getting mixed messages about this. All right, tofu, soy, is a phytoestrogen. Phytoestrogen does not mean that it is a female estrogen. Phytoestrogen means that it acts on the estrogen receptor, but blocks that carcinogenic form of estrogen that leads to cancers down the line, like not only breast cancer, but also uterine cancers, ovarian cancers. This is something really important that we need to pay attention to because tofu has been demonized. Soy has been demonized. Very much so. We see in studies, which are not clear cut for sure, but we see that women who eat soy products at a earlier age, right, throughout their life are more protected from breast cancer. And there's many confounding factors in these nutritional studies, but it's really important for us to think about that soy may have a role in protecting us from cancer. Uh, soy is definitely not contraindicated in in eating to eat after folks have breast cancer or breast cancer treatment. And uh, something to think about though, if you do eat soy, you have to get it, you have to get it organic. There's so much genetically modified. I mean, this is, this is right there. Glyphosate, Monsanto glyphosate is used and readily used on soy. So stay away from any tofu or any soy. Even if you go out to eat, stay away from it. I will never, I never get soy unless I know it's organic out to eat and can be assured. But, um, also, I like tempeh. Tempeh is fermented soy. You're getting the benefit of the fermented foods, right, in your body. Really important, okay? If you eat certain foods a lot every day, can I build up a tolerance and can it cause harm in the long run? This is a great question. So I just had a friend who developed an intolerance to apples after eating them daily, right? And I actually, same thing happened to me a few years ago with oatmeal. I ate oatmeal every single day for years and I developed an intolerance. Now, theoretically, you shouldn't really be building an intolerance to a food, but I want you to think more so, is it intolerance to the food or the chemicals in the food? That would make more sense, right? When you couple the chemical increase in food and the continued gut disruption that we're having from so many exposures in the world, a lot of our guts are in flux, but a lot of them are being are being harmed and disrupted by all that crap, it's going to increase inflammation, and that's setting the precedent for some sort of immune response or immune dysfunction. So think about, can I clean up my food? And, then, and look, if you're eating organic apples every single day and you develop an intolerance, scale back. Stop eating them. Stop eating them for a one, uh, one and a half months, six weeks. Take six weeks. Take two months. Don't eat them. And then introduce them and see if your immune system is reacting still, okay? Are there medical schools that are mixed between naturopathic and conventional? Not that I know of. Um, there are integrative uh, 
postdoctoral programs. Um, Andrew Wheel has his integrative one. Institute of Functional Medicine provides practitioners with modules to learn more. But really, um, if you want to get it done in four years, go to naturopathic school and, and just, just be a good naturopathic doctor. So I'm newly plant-based. How do I make sure I'm getting all of the correct nutrients? Really important, B12. B12 is in the soil. Many of these practices throughout time have depleted the B12 in the soil, so they're not getting into the plants, but they're found in animal tissue. But if you are plant-based, vegan, you need to be taking B12. Uh, first and foremost, get it checked, and then talk to your doctor about taking B12. For most methylcobalamin, the activated form of B12, is going to be most helpful. But again, genetically, we're all different. That might not be the best one for you, so you got to talk to your doc. Make sure iron is checked yearly for you. You want to check iron and ferritin. Make sure those storage, those storage form of iron and iron in the blood is in balance because many people... See, the thing is about when we go into plant-based vegan, we lose calories because we don't eat enough, and we start eating more processed food because there's so many. There's a huge market for plant-based vegan processed food i.e. beyond burgers and or impossible burgers, and we, we don't add the variety. So the variety is really important when you go into a plant-based diet, increasing variety. Another thing, omegas. There's an enzyme called delta-6 desaturase. We can have a mutation in that gene for that enzyme, which means that ALA is not efficiently being converted into EPA. EPA is why people talk about fish oils and eating cold water fish while, because it is an anti-inflammatory. It helps our nervous system, helps our brain, but it's a nutrient that we have to look closely at. Um, particularly if, if we don't convert efficiently, then we're not getting enough EPA. A lot of these vegan fatty acid supplements have ALA in high dose and DHA, which is great for the brain, but not a lot of them have EPA and the conversion is not, because EPA is mostly found in animals. So, Start eating high omega foods like flaxseed powder, some oil, chia, hemp, uh, and then take a nutritional test with your doctor. See where you're at every single year. Okay. Reasons for night urination. Are you drinking water too late? That's the first question, of course. Um, pre-diabetes. What is your blood sugar like? If you are pre-diabetic, you, you may be predisposed to nighttime urination. Mold. Mold. One of the telltale signs of mold infection is unquenchable thirst in nighttime urination? Uh, is there a urinary tract infection in male and females? There can be a subclinical infection um, that you're not looking for, maybe uh, even an STD. So these are things to check out that may be uh, actually causing some more uh, or increase in nighttime urination. Um, and also your mineral balance. You want to make sure you have a proper mineral balance, all right? Does cast iron... Uh, Increase iron content in foods, yes. So if you have hereditary hemochromatosis, which is a hereditary condition where we are, where folks can't break down iron and iron builds up in the tissue, yes. So make sure it, what your iron levels are. If you tend to have really, really high iron levels, which is not a good thing, uh, it always should be controlled, then maybe a cast iron pan is not for you. Is there a Dr. G in New York? I trust your recommendation. Uh, there ain't no Dr. G anywhere like me, that's for sure. But... But go on naturopathic.org, go to the database, and you'll find naturopathic doctors in New York. There's a lot of good naturopathic doctors in New York City and Los Angeles. So, um, so you'd probably, and Connecticut. Connecticut has a lot of good ones too. So look in there. A lot of them are well-trained. A lot of them went to the same program that I did. So, so you'll find a good one. What lab test should we do annually that is not included in the checkup? All right. So if you can afford it, these would be out of pocket. Insurance may or may not cover 
And if they do, it, it, you may be reimbursed for some, uh, most likely not all, but the NutraVal is a nutrient test, which is my favorite one, which shows us a full vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fatty acids, protein, carbohydrate breakdown, everything. It's, it's literally nutrition you know, on paper for you. So definitely one thing to look for, Dutch tests. I talk about that so much because you want to look at what your hormones are every single year and how they're fluctuating, especially if you are, have a family member who has had prostate cancer, breast cancer, ovarian, uterine cancer. You want to make sure you know how your estrogen is being metabolized every year. Then there's the toxin ones. You can do a heavy metal test, a provoked urine one, or the Cyrex one, which I like. You want to test for mold. You want to test for, and that, I, I like the one by Great Plains. You want to test for uh, environmental toxins. A Great Plains has a great panel as well. And um, I mean, these are, these are things that I do for my clients every single year. We just go, boom, let's just let's knock these out, get it on there, look at it, what it's like, compare it to last year, and then make some adjustments. So if you can afford it, do those tests. You're probably looking at about 1,500, 2,000 around for all of these tests, probably a little bit more. So uh, maybe one at a time too. If you can bring a book with you to the next life, what would it be? It's Conversations with God. It is the book that in 2007 caused a forever permanent to this day awakening of my consciousness and the way I see the world. Your morning routine. Morning routines are one of the most important things you can do for yourself. I've done shows on this. I spoke so much about this. Carve out that time, one hour, 30 minutes, whatever you can get for yourself but come back to yourself. Meditation is priceless, whether it's guided or whether it's alone, journaling, putting your feet on the ground, being in nature, breathing the air outside, being exposed to, even if there's snow on the ground, being exposed to snow on the ground, ask your doctor if that's safe, of course, uh, affirmations, gratitude. You need to take check-ins with the person that you are and the person you're creating and how you're showing up in the world. You need to take check-ins every single day. Otherwise, it's very easy to be on autopilot and it's very easy to get lost. How do you define your self-worth, Dr. G? Okay, this is a great question because I feel like a lot of us can really relate to this. I don't define my self-worth. It's not based on anything I do, be, say, or have. That's for sure. My self-worth is based on how aligned I am with my soul and unconditional love and how much of that I am spreading every single day. Yeah, it sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. Even at that, that doesn't define my worthiness, right? My worth is based is not based on anything that I choose to be, do, say, or have. More important is what is soul purpose and am I doing that? That's how I define my value to this world. Am I aligned with what my soul is here to do? Am I doing it without fear? without fear of judgment, without fear of, oh, am I going to make money doing this? Or am I going to, am I just doing it? And how am I changing the world doing it? That's how I align with my self value. Okay. How many hours of sleep is good for you? Seven to nine hours on paper, but it depends on your chronotype. Genetically, we don't all have the same systems to go, okay, be tired. Now go to sleep changes. If you, uh, listen back to the show that I did with Dr. Michael Bruce, we spoke about chronotypes, the lion, the bear, the wolf, the dolphin. He does have an online quiz, find out which one you may or may not be. Um, for, for the most part, I find it pretty accurate. I myself was a wolf. So, uh, my bedtime is right around 11 o'clock and, uh, it's important because we want to make sure we're getting deep sleep, adequate quantity of sleep, as well as quality. What are your spiritual beliefs, Dr. G? Okay, so here, here's, here's, here's very simply what I, the way I see the world. We're here to be unconditional love. We're here to experientially be that which we know ourselves to be conceptually love. We are here 
not to learn anything, right? Because life is not a school. It's not about learning. It's about remembering. So these are ancient leaders, ancient masters, call this enlightenment, nirvana, heaven. I simply call it remembering who you are. And that quote that you hear is know thyself, know thyself is based on that. And this is a number one life truth for me. When you remember who you are, you can move mountains. Absolutely. And life is creative. We are creating every single day with thoughts, words, or actions. Are you quit creating, the question is, in alignment with your deepest self? And are you stepping into that greatest power? Are you embodying that creative soul energy, that creative soul purpose, that creative soul unconditional love? So this is how people change the world, right? By awakening each other. And the way you awaken each other is by being that. You don't need to say anything. You just need to be. So for me, I grew up Catholic. Uh, I went to uh, Catholic school for a little bit and, you know, church, and I've got confirmed communion, all that stuff. But at this point in my life, what I have accepted and realized is, is that heaven and hell are both here. It's not a place. It's a state of being here. And the question is, is are you embodying who you are or are you not? If you are embodying who you are in full alignment, that's heaven. That's enlightenment. That's nirvana. If you're not, and you're actually know your potential of who you are and you're being the opposite, that's hell. So I, I do believe uh, that a lot of these uh, scriptures are based a lot on analogy. And I do believe that a lot of it is based on tr truly the human experience rather than after death. And life is beautiful and it's creative. And look, this is how this is what served me may not serve you. Right. Religion may serve you. That's beautiful, too. As long as it's not hurting anyone. As long as it's inclusive, then I'm down with the religion. If it isn't, then just question, maybe, maybe my religion should be looking at me. My religion should be worshiping who I am and how I show up. All right, what's a good replacement for the Berkey and Aqua True when traveling? I like Mountain Valley water right now. Although they do have to be still tested for PFAS, it comes in glass water bottles and it's readily available. Are tattoos harmful to the body? I have many, and the answer is yes. Tattoo inks can act as nanoparticles, so meaning they absorb at some point, they get into the body. Uh, scientists found that preservatives like aluminum, chromium, iron, nickel, and copper have been found in the lymph nodes of folks with a ton of tattoos. Uh, they found heavy metals in the body, including cadmium, mercury, both of which are highly toxic. We know that. I've done shows on heavy metals. Uh, inks contain industry chemicals like polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, benzopyrenes, azochemicals. These are all things that are found in tattoo ink that can absolutely be an issue for us, causing more inflammation, immune dysfunction, neuroinflammation, in every single way. So look, if I can go back, if I had this all this information and I can go back and not get a tattoo or delete them all, I would. Maybe I'd just keep one or two. But um, if you are listening to this and you plan on getting a tattoo, I think it would be who you to just know this information first and make an informed uh, decision. GERD and reflux remedies. I have episode 34. I go over heartburn. Um, what is the mechanism of reflux? Well, there's many different ones, possibly low stomach acid, possibly SIBO, bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine right after the stomach that is causing pressure from the gas that is opening up the esophageal sphincter and then having a reflux or backflow of uh, stomach acid into the esophagus. Really important uh, uh, address because over time it can cause dysplastic changes to the cells and cause something called Barrett's esophagus, which is a predisposition to esophageal cancer. You don't want esophageal cancer. It's a nasty one. All right. Hours to get over mental blockages. How do I overcome mental blockages or stagnation or laziness? It's a good question. Um, one thing I would ask is first and foremost, physically, what, what is your sleep routine? Are you sleeping, right? Are you sleeping early, waking up early? 
right? Because immediately your brain is in a different state when you're doing so. Are you getting quality sleep, right? Think about, let's think physical first. Are you eating processed foods? Are you in a state of inflammation? Are you well hydrated? Basics, okay? What is your level of stress? Basics. Are you overcoming or handling your stress? It's all basics. Now, the mental, emotional, spiritual aspect to men overcoming mental stagnation or laziness, first of all, bringing gratitude to mental stagnation and laziness because it might, it just might be showing you that you're in a place or doing something that you shouldn't. Maybe your mental stagnation, maybe your laziness is simply just your soul talking to you saying, I don't want to do this. I don't, this is not in alignment with what I want to create in this world. And you've lost mental interest. So maybe that mental stagnation and laziness is more of a symptom of something deeper and pay attention to that. Ask yourself, are you doing something that is in alignment with your talents? Are you doing something that is in alignment with helping people, creating change, being creative every single day? Man, like the best way to reduce stress is to be creative every single day. All right, tips on healing trauma and elevating your spirit. Healing trauma, that I mean, so much of what I've been talking about lately is that. So first step to healing trauma, and this is a process, right? But what I would say is first step to get that process going is one, Ask yourself what's serving you in your life and what's not serving you. People, places, things, situations, circumstances. Make a list. And in the people, places, things, situations, circumstances that are not serving you, ask yourself why they're not serving you. Ask yourself if you're showing up as your highest authentic self. Ask yourself, what does your highest authentic self look like? Should always be rooted in love. Should be always rooted in joy. Should be always rooted in happiness. When you feel the best that you do, doing something with the most excitement that is aligned with your authenticity. Now ask yourself if your life is designed and created around authenticity or is it doing the opposite? Then look at all of the things that you're bringing into this world and how you're showing up and where you're living in fear. The places that you're living in fear is a beautiful way to show you what's holding you back from your highest self, your authenticity. And then go, why am I living in fear? Was it because growing up I was told that I am not enough? or too much, or need to do less, or need to do more, or will never do this, or will always do this. Think about those narratives and stories that you told yourself early on. And remember that they're just stories. They've always been stories. You've convinced yourself that they're true because they've integrated into your personality, but they're just stories. And that's the most incredible part because when you make that separation for the first time in your life and look at the way your life is being run, and understand that most of it is a false narrative, an illusionary story, there was an adaptation to a trauma, then you start feeling what freedom feels like. And boy, that's gonna change everything. Then lastly, bring forgiveness to all of those people, places, things, situations, and circumstances. If you remember, bring forgiveness, and that's where you start feeling freedom. That's when your energy, those blockages in your body start flowing. And many times, that's when your physical symptoms simply just start getting better. Can I heal my psoriasis? Yes, talk to your doctor about healing protocols. Of course, anti-inflammatories, gut healing protocols. I spoke about the four-hour program, high-dose vitamin D, vitamin A, trauma release. We know a lot of autoimmune disease happens right after a trauma, right? A divorce, a death, a move, a loss of a job, something. So understand that all of these things need to be taken holistically. Certainly, a immune suppressor is not the answer. Uh, a, a, med a medication that it suppresses your immune system is not the answer for psoriasis. I guarantee that. It'll help, but it's not the answer. Are any dangers with microwaves, if any? Um, not really. They, they, they emit uh, 
radiation for sure, but it's non-ionizing radiation. It's not going to do anything to your genes. Um, will it destroy your food? On the contrary, it, it may preserve some nutrients better than other techniques for cooking. Um, do I use it? No, I don't like the way that it heats up my food. It's not uniform. There's cold, there's cold pieces, there's hot pieces. I don't like it. All right, any thoughts on the blood type diet? I actually studied under Peter, Peter Diadamo. His father was the one who developed the blood type diet. And for those who don't know, it's simply just a diet that is based on antigenic foods in the body. Um, and what they do is they test your blood cells. So certain blood cells have different um, have different receptors, basically, for uh, different antigens. So th this is this is why we see the characterization of blood type A, B, O, A, B, um, and certain foods will interact with certain blood types differently. Um, this is sort of a more sophisticated and personalized way of taking the approach than Stephen Gundry did. He just said, take out all classes of this, all classes of that. And a lot of Stephen Gundry's work is based on and off of the blood type diet. Um, so just keep that in mind. So if you follow Stephen Gundry, I think the, the step would be to move away from that and look into the blood type diet so you can have more inclusion in your diet. Um, thoughts on it? There's not enough data. Over the years, there hasn't been. Clinically, I've seen it help people for sure. I'm not opposed to talking to your doctor and finding out if it's if you if you want to try it out and and seeing symptomatically if it works for you. Because if something works for you, but it doesn't work for another person, that's your truth, right? Good quality magnesium. I did a read. You may have heard it, uh, a sponsorship read on bio optimizers. Um, they have a very special magnesium formula. And it's the one that I've been using for a while. I really like it. It's comprehensive because it has all of the forms of magnesium. Um, what else? Clean, non-toxic, um, derived from pure ingredients. And I like it. It helps me sleep. So it's the one that I've been using for the past, I don't know, six months probably. Um, and I've given it to the people around me. I've given samples to them and they've liked it too. So at this point, this is my favorite one. What was your COVID experience like? Oof, I had COVID back in what, October, November? COVID was... Um, not bad for me. And this is my experience. Again, this is not saying this is the human experience or for the most part, people in this world who are unhealthy and getting COVID, their experience. I do consider myself pretty, pretty healthy. And um, COVID, what I, what I realized was in the fir one, first, first day, second day, there was a fever, some muscle aches, sluggish, you know, I kind of just wanted to lay down, watch some Netflix, didn't do much. Um, what I will say is that on day four, I believe I got a headache and the headache was annoying. The headache was definitely like an eight out of 10 and, and I don't like taking medications. So I just wrote it out. Um, but it definitely disrupted my sleep after the headache was gone. It was easy. It was, it was like, when is this, when can I go outside? You know, we, we were quarantining for quite a while, but, um, it, it, it was, I can understand how folks who, have predispositions, comorbidities, right? Issues with their lung, issues with inflammation, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, right? Uh, these are the folks, obesity, these are the folks who absolutely can get wiped out by this. So um, it's real for sure. I never questioned that it wasn't. I just questioned the way that we are teaching people to take care of their health. I think the biggest move that we could do for COVID is make ourselves healthier, change our diet, reduce inflammation in the body, lose weight, get off, get, reverse diabetes, uh, lower your blood pressure, 
and support the lungs and the immune system. Um, this is something that I've been doing even before COVID. So that's why me and my group of friends who did get COVID at the same time, we all did, it was much easier. A lot of us got better. And by the fourth day, we were just like, all right, now we just have to quarantine and just watch movies. Uh, so uh, that was my experience. Why is my hair shedding? Okay, why is my hair shedding? So it could be a nutrient deficiency, B vitamins, iron, zinc, selenium, could be hormonal. Uh, you may need, you may have an imbalance of testosterone, imbalance of the enzymes that are creating those androgens, stress, autoimmune disease, could be a collagen thing, vitamin C status, what is that? What's your amino acid status? Are you not having enough protein, fatty acids? Um, what I do, something that really helps is stimulating my hair every day. So I use scalp combs and just like I brush my teeth, I brush my scalp um, fairly hard actually, every single day, twice a day. And that's been really helpful at bringing blood flow. The problem with dead hair follicles is they're just not enough blood flow, not enough oxygen, not enough nutrients. What's your thoughts on bone broth, Dr. G? Well, it's super dense with minerals, calcium, phosphorus, zinc, boron, manganese, selenium, good in vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin K. And I agree, it's gonna give you a healthy dose of all of this. It's got some collagen in there. It's good for gut health, hair, skin, nails. Uh, and a lot of people do feel great when they're doing it. Um, one thing I think we just need to understand is that heavy metals, have an affinity for tissue. They come into the body, they usually build up in the hair first, they get in the blood, fill it, build up in the hair, and then they build up in other tissues. They love bone. Heavy metals build up in the bone. So uh, I would think, I would say, if let's say I wasn't a vegan, I loved bone broth, I wouldn't do it every week, certainly. I probably wouldn't even do it every month. I'd do it probably once a season. So thoughts on vitiligo, it's an autoimmune disease linked to gut, dysfunction linked to, I, I just spoke about autoimmune disease and trauma, subclinical infections, environmental toxins, things you need to check for. Three herbs you love overall. My three favorite herbs, I love passion flower. First of all, everyone Google right now, passion flower and see how it looks. It's a beautiful flower, um, stunning actually. I mean, it's crazy to know that nature can create this, but it's been really helpful for me at relaxing me and putting me to sleep. Rhodiola, awesome, awesome um, adaptogenic herb for helping the adrenal and brain connect and communicate at reducing stress in the body, but it's also really good for athletics. So when I was really, really working out, I was using a lot of rhodiola, ginkgo, because I love brain health and I got to be sharp for all of you. So ginkgo has been really helpful. For immunity, some of my favorite ones, andrographis, elderberry, and oregano. All of these are um, antivirals, antibacterial, um, stimulate the immune system. So talk to your doctor about those. If one was to develop cancer, can you stop it with diet? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think that just a dietary change is strong enough to just stop cancer. Although there have been anecdotal, uh, anecdotal cases of people who've eat, eaten, switched the diet completely, you know, ate vegan or juiced and completely got rid of their cancer. So I think there's something to be said about that. But I also know that diet is only one, probably one tenth, one twentieth of what cancer is, okay? Can you do a podcast on baby formula? Yes, episode 37, go back and listen to that. Eczema support, please. Think about dairy, think about gluten, think about parasites, think about gut dysfunction. How do you improve self-confidence? It's a great question. Uh, I'll say this. There was a point in my life where I thought I was confident, but it was just cocky. It was cocky based on no sense of self and insecurity, and it was just adaptations to prove to others that I'm good enough. Um, true self-confidence, 
is, is much more quiet. True self-confidence is in understanding and doing, through introspection, understanding who you are and being grounded in who you are. Understanding what you're capable of, understanding how you show up in the world, understanding what your power is. And once you got that down, there's nothing outside of you that can, one, disrupt that or affect that, or two, improve that. Nothing's going to improve your self-confidence. Self-confidence is always there. It's been there. It's just interesting because everything else is just an asset to your experience, but not improving it. So again, true self-confidence is taking that time to meditate, taking that time to look at yourself, look at what's not serving you. And I think, I know your highest level of self-confidence comes when you are aligned with your highest level of authenticity. That's it. It's the bottom line. Can't lose weight. Plant-based for two years. I want to do the autoimmune paleo diet. What is next? Well, if you can't lose weight and you're eating minimal calories, there's much more to be said, right? Weight loss isn't just calories. That's for sure. Think about your thyroid. Get your thyroid check if you haven't. Think about your gut issues. Pathogenic bacteria we know are connected to obesity and inflammation. Check your inflammatory markers. If you're inflamed, your body's not going to lose weight for sure. Think about environmental toxins for sure because think about it. If your body is, these fat-soluble toxins are building up in your fat tissue, you think your body is going to just liberally start releasing and burning all those fat tissues and releasing all those chemicals. Really, really, you need to adjust environmental toxins if you're having issues losing weight and then the mental, emotional support component for the stress. I need to remineralize my uh, enamel. How do I optimize oral health? Um, well, one, after, when you eat a meal, you don't want to brush immediately. You want to wait about an hour, hour and a half. Make sure you drink water after a meal. Not a lot, but to flush all of the, uh, well, the acidity that's going on in the teeth, but fl to flush all that crap and swallow it, uh, all the food particles. Your mouth floor is really important. The health of your oral cavity is dependent on the health of your saliva, right? This is why folks who have Sjogren's, uh, the autoimmune disease to the salivary gland, have reduction in reduced saliv saliva and then again, uh, or uh, a disruption in their teeth and they have the condition of their teeth just worsen and worsen and worsen. The same goes with people who are on meth. Meth reduces saliva and we see meth mouth, which is for all the dentists out there, a really horrible condition of rotting teeth. So mouth health begins with your saliva. Saliva is what protects the teeth. Saliva is what gives minerals to the teeth that help balance the acidity that's going on every single time you eat. So think about fermented foods, think about prebiotic foods, think about minerals, mineral rich, rich diet, right? Variety of fruits and vegetables. This is why I talk about it all the time. It's not just for your gut, it's not just for your, your body, for your blood, it's also for your mouth. We have over, over 6 million bacteria in the oral cavity with 700 different species. So you wanna keep that in balance, no snacking, no drinking throughout the day. So snacking and, and, and constant drinking of water are gonna imbalance the pH of your oral cavity, especially snacking. So if you're gonna eat a meal, stop, make sure you drink sufficient amount of water in the morning, in the afternoon, and a little bit at night. You stay hydrated, but stop snacking. That's gonna be really affecting your mouth floor, especially if you're predisposed to cavities and having xylitol uh, between meals. What's your thought on sunflower oil? I don't like it, it's not my favorite. I prefer avocado oil, maybe even a little coconut oil or uh, olive oil. It's high in omega-6, releases toxic compounds when it's heated. Um, it's cheap and it's used a lot by quote unquote health foods. So think if you have, if your chips are using sunflower oil, move away from it, go with one that uses avocado oil. Thoughts on Reiki? I love Reiki. I have uh, my practitioner come in once every two weeks to do a Reiki session on me. Reiki, if you don't know, is just an energetic healing modality that is 
hands off for the most part, but could be hands on different parts of your body. But I'll tell you right now, look, I'm science-based, I'm evidence-based. There's a long time where I just wrote off energetic therapies, but they're real. And uh, if you're open to it and you do a session and you truly, truly can feel the difference, then then you understand the power of it. It's really nice. How to detox estrogen. You got to poop every single day for sure. Optimize your liver, eating broccoli sprouts, B vitamins, minerals, glutathione. Having a magnesium supplement or eating magnesium-rich foods are all going to help detox estrogen. But of course, getting off of all of those xenoestrogens like plastics. MCT oil is a type of fat uh, called medium-chain triglycerides. That's the MCT. And uh, they're little molecules that are smaller uh, than the most than the fats you're eating, which are longer chain ones. And it makes them easy to digest. They actually absorb pretty easily and they get into the bloodstream easily and they cross the blood-brain barrier easily. So it's food for your brain. It's really helpful at reducing inflammation. It's something that I often put into my matcha. So really, really important one. Um, it's a nice it's a nice supplement to take. Is creatine bad for you? On paper, no, not at all. Um, actually, I, I just... I've taken creatine a few times, and I probably will start back up on it when I start working out more. Um, creatine, a protein that is helpful in muscle synthesis. All right, coming to terms with a life lived out of fear, any advice in moving forward? Yeah, you just, just understand that fear is based on the narrative that you were told at some point where you learned it, and you can always, always, every thought, word, action that you ever, ever choose or create is based on love or fear. And you can choose love. So bringing awareness to the fear in the things that you do is already a massive step. Then going, all right, this is what I usually do. I usually out of fear do not speak up for myself in this situation. And can I out of love for myself, for my health, for my alignment, for my soul, for my spirit, can I speak my truth in this situation, for example? And choosing that different situation already breaks a dam forward and you are flowing. So just understand that you can always do the opposite than what, of what you're doing. How to fix extremely low levels of energy, uh, sleep, water intake, reduce inflammatory foods, movement daily, check your thyroid, environmental toxins could be chipping away at your health, check for that, reduce those, daily rituals, daily routines, lower your stress, better sense of purpose. It's, it's, uh, or just start with the basics right now. Is it crazy to leave my secure nine to five career during a pandemic to open up my own practice? No, it's not crazy. It's <laughs> to open up, like this is your passion. And if it is your passion, leave, don't ask questions. Um, I'm always much more in, are you aligning with your passion, your sense of purpose than what you should be doing and think you should be doing? And I could have been at a nine to five seeing patients every single day job, Monday through Friday, but I was out because it did not serve my higher purpose. And what I'm doing right now is my higher purpose. And it brings me a lot of joy and life is pretty damn flowy now because of it. Is over supplementing a thing? Yes. Yes. Eat quality foods, get your foods there, and then look into your supplementation. I always, always, always want to keep supplements at a minimum for folks because it's very easy to eat 10, 10, 15, 20 supplements a day. I myself maybe have eight. Okay, so yes, it is a thing. We had a lot of cute questions come in there. I hope that a lot of these answers were sufficient for you. And of course, I always will thank you for supporting the show, rating, reviewing, subscribing. What I will say is, guess what? Next week, finally, finally, we reviewed 150 protein powder companies to bring to you 
the top, the best of the best, and the worst of the worst protein powders out there. So tune in. That's coming up. That's on the docket next week. Thank you for joining the show. Much love to you all and have an excellent, beautiful, high vibration week. Mm-hmm.